everyone. Welcome into the Action Sports Shacks Pylon Podcast. Brett Martin, Dan Hicken, back together again. What did you do in my absence? Stuart Weber filled in admirably. I had Stuart come along and do a couple. That did was, you talk soccer? Uh, no. We may have at one Bowling? Point. Didn't talk about his bowling Big team. Brother? Big Brother was discussed. Um, the usual things with Stuart. He did a uh, bang-up job in your stead, but it's good to have you back. Uh, and ready to roll here with uh, lots of spring happenings. This is the first time, let's tell everybody, I think this might be the first time we've uh, actually been together in the office <laughs> since March 14th. Is it really? I think that's what I've counted. I gave you a big hug last week when I saw you for the first time it was, since then. At the Guggen Open. Yes. Uh, nice to see you again. It was. But uh, So anyway, catch up time here in the sports office, and that's what happens. Then I was at a, in Augusta, and yes, that is the did. story of Sunday, uh, the Masters. Augusta's fantastic. Did you not make the lottery? I didn't even try because I, I there's like a an unwritten rule. Oh, you uh, wait a couple years. Yeah, seven years. Okay. So I didn't even well, attempt. That's nice it. of you. And I have a big meeting tomorrow, so I didn't want to have to rearrange it. Okay, I would have rearranged it for our trip back up to Augusta, but I didn't want to do it. I'll, I'll tell you a quick little Augusta story, okay? Yeah, like you know how the, the well the grounds are. Yes. Well, it's the Holy Grail. I mean, uh, you, it's Disneyland for golfers. The Disney Howard World Grail. for golfers. Um, I'm a Disney World guy, not a Disneyland guy, uh, as we are in Florida. But so yeah, you, you kind of walk a little bit on eggshells at Augusta, sure. Even though the folks are fantastic, it's a little bit of a misnomer about doing that. But you're still kind of like uncertain where you're supposed to be, right? You know, you're just not. It's you're easy never too to walk into trouble because the course is so open, and sometimes you'll be walking and you won't realize that you're. Oh, wait a minute. I think I'm in the middle of the fairway here. (laughs) I'm not supposed to be here. Well, we are supposed to be in the media center. So we get there on uh, Tuesday. Okay. And we had stopped at a gas station, get some gas, and also got a Diet Coke. Big Diet Coke. I like my big Diet Cokes. I'm okay with that. Well, so I was walking in with it because I was going to find a trash can to put it down and and throw it away. There's plenty of food in the media center. They feed you well. So we have to bring a piece of paper to get our actual credential. So I go up to the desk. Very nice ladies there at the desk to uh, greet us and help us with our credentials. Give her my piece of paper, put my Diet Coke up on the counter, and she gets my credentials, says, have a great day, great time. I take it, put it in my pocket, and go to reach for my Diet Coke. It's still about half full, and I knock it over. Oh! All over. Oh, all no! Over. All over the ladies, all over the computers, all over, (laughs) all over the paperwork. I mean, I am like mortified (laughs) right now. Like, I might not get in the gate here again. They might just revoke my credential right now. Wow. uh, I will say this though: they they were very nice. Um, But I was. I, that's why you don't bring cokes in here, yeah. sir. Well, that's what I was waiting. You know, that's what they were thinking. Uh Uh, I couldn't believe I actually got in the door with it. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't a good start for me. Um, now, listen, I talked to a buddy center. of mine who went for the first time, and they got these uh, – uh, he has a friend, another friend of mine, and they got these tickets, special tickets that you get. And you go in this uh, – uh, I don't know if it's a chalet or whatever it is. At Berkman's Plaza? Yes. That's but the before ticket. before you do it, before the rounds start, you get to go putt on some of the greens. Really? Yes. I did not know it he came. He said he got it. the putt on like four of the different greens. Wow. How cool is that? <laughs> that's pretty good stuff. And Condoleezza Rice greets you. Wow. That's part of it. And so, yeah. The I mean, I knew it was a big deal, but I didn't know that. It's a pretty big deal. So he was just 
over the moon golf fanatic uh, with the opportunity to go up there. And, that's awesome. And it ain't cheap to do that, apparently, from what I hear. No, that's Sometimes like the they'll ticket. Give you, I have another friend I was talking to it about, and he said, yeah, what happens is if you can get them for your charity, if you're going to auction them off, they'll give them to you for half price. But I think, and I don't know the exact number, so I would just be, but I think maybe it could be as much as six or seven thousand dollars that wouldn't surprise me yeah you know what they've done a little bit uh they've tr- they will maybe create that at the players championship you know how you, everybody used to get be able to get in the clubhouse not everybody but a good amount of people right at the big giant clubhouse sure. with a lot of tickets you'd get in it there were a lot of people in there well i think it became there were too many people in there and so now they do the special ticket it's like a vip pass mm-hmm. but very much like that where there's not as many people around, but you get like these great dinners and lunches, and and it's a special ticket. But I think it's like a five thousand dollar ticket, and the idea is to bring people from like overseas or big corporate dollars in. But uh, so I think they're trying to create a little bit of that Berkman's Plaza. Good idea at uh, at the players' championship. Well, that was all the pre stuff. The tournament itself, so much hype going in. My gosh, and maybe the most most hyped Masters ever. Maybe the most hyped golf tournament ever. It was a great tournament. I don't know if it lived up to the hype because the hype was off the charts and Tiger and Phil uh, really were never in contention. I never thought I'd see a a professional golf tournament, though, where one professional golfer would whiff and another professional golfer would putt into the bunker. <laughs> but I saw that this week. <laughs> and another professional golfer would tin cup it five times in the water. That's another good point. And he's the defending champ. Wow. Um, yeah, a pretty wild week. I mean, if you take Sir, you know, really, Sergio was the only guy. I mean, Billy Horschel from around here too, but that missed the cut. That you were like, oh, wow, that's a big name missing the cut. Right. So most of the big names made the cut, but Tiger was never in it. Never. In just it. was awful all week, and and I, you know, I give Tiger credit because I'm a Tiger guy just for hanging around the way he grinds out rounds. But he was not. He didn't have any part of his game all week. Uh, and Mickelson too. I mean, at seventy nine, I think Mickelson could play that course blindfolded and He's not shoot seventy nine. Yeah, and he whiffed. He whiffed. They hit some bad shots. I was there Thursday, Dan, and the conditions were not that bad. Right. It's a tough golf course, but I just didn't think that golf was very good on Thursday until Spieth really got it going late in the afternoon. Well, speaking of him, he almost pulled one off for the ages. It was such a great Sunday round. I wonder if that will be remembered as much as Patrick Reed winning it. Yeah, Jordan Speed. Well, I don't. Close. I don't think it'll be remembered because he couldn't get it close yeah. enough. He finished in third. Yeah, you know? but he was ten shots, nine shots out starting the day. Uh, nine out. It would have been the greatest yeah, comeback in Masters history. But give Reed credit because really, Spieth would have had to shoot a sixty-two then just to get into a playoff. That's right. Now, and he wow. was he was at nine under going into eighteen. And his drive got into some trouble, and he right. had an eight-foot putt and to save par, it. and he missed the putt, and then he was out of it, uh, dropping back to 13. That's why he – and listen, I give Ricky Fowler a lot of credit, too. He, yeah. he needed – he got slow start, and then he uh, put the pressure on um, – Oh, for gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? It's 5-5 five, five in the ninth. We're the... taping a podcast during the Mets National <laughs> This could be epic, Sunday night. actually. And it's April 8th, by the way. We're not talking. My... Wait till we do one in October. It has a little bit of my attention. <laughs> Lugo just hit Harper at first base, and he ran to second. Like, Harper's not going anywhere. Why would you throw the ball over to first? Why did Come he on. go to third? Why did he stop? The coach was calling him. <laughs> Thank goodness. Back to Augusta. I'm sorry. Ricky Fowler. 
still the best player slow. to not win a major. Yeah, he started slow, and that was the problem with him because he played outstanding on the back, and if he could have thrown in another birdie or two, he, he would have got into the playoff, and it would have forced it. He played great, great golf. Let's, uh, let's ask a couple important questions. Let's do it. Um, what does this mean for Patrick Reed? Well, it's, it's it's means a lot. I mean, to win a major, 27, uh, the current – all the major champions right now are Americans aged between 23 and 27. Uh, gets that first one out of the way. You hope that a couple more – you know, you hope. I mean, one more follow. Um, fly ball center field. Conforto Will he back. tag? He should tag. He's tagging. There's a throw. He's safe. Oh, dear. Uh, one out, runner at third. Bottom of the ninth, tied at five. It means a lot for Patrick Reed. And it's funny. Patrick Reed is loved for his Ryder Cup play. But, like, during stroke play, he's not that much loved. Like – He's not that likable. He's not a likable guy, yeah. you know. And and there's nothing bad about him. No. But what? Well, and the Ryder there Cup. There's something bad about him that we don't know because there's some back stories to him. There are some stories. That, yeah. You know, we could talk about in a second. Got a bit it, of a broken past. It feels like. It does seem like that. You know, you know maybe an immature kid growing up, and maybe he's grown up some, but you always find it a little strange if you don't have a relationship with your parents and your sister. Yeah. It's a little strange. Yeah, so he's got some of that and some of the people that knew him in college and before that. And We're not big fans. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess, I mean, your reputation is your reputation. But, uh, yeah, I think huge for Patrick Reed. And um, he is a guy. You're glad he's on your you – know, you know who he is? He's the American version of Ian Poulter. Yeah, a little bit. You know, Poulter is a guy that I'm not even sure the European people like so much sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he just kind of rubs people the wrong way. But he wins the Ryder Cup, so we keep him around. But, that's, but you <laughs> love him during that, right? You yeah. want him on your team. And, yeah. and he feels like that guy a bit. So, uh, okay. Hold on. Intens- uh, breaking news. We've intentionally loaded the bases here now. That's a One good out. idea. That goes quicker now in baseball because they say just go. Yeah. Uh, and so now it's bases loaded, one out. And uh, the Mets just trying to stay – with one loss on the year, just yeah. like the Boston Red Sox. Only two teams in baseball at the moment. on that start. That's Good exciting. Start. But, uh, Sorry. That's all right. Next question. Yes, sir. What does this mean for Rory McIlroy? Uh, the guy, he shot 74, Dan, in the final yeah. round where he had it. He was one behind at one, t- one time early in the round. He was awful on Sunday. Isn't it better than that final round he had a few years ago when he had the lead? Didn't he shoot an 80? Well, it's not as painful because he had like a lead, four-shot lead or something that hooked it into a, the cabins. Rory um, wants on 10. On 10. Rory wants that great. Well, he didn't play. blow it. No. But it kind of felt like he blew at well, least I a chance. He, I thought he was coming to play the way he saved par on one, hit an unbelievable iron shot on two to give him a... a, a oh, my. Are they going to win on... Oh, my goodness. Give him a... <laughs> Pitch got away from the catcher, and Harper <laughs> held again. To give him an unbelievable look at an eagle putt, which he missed, and I think that ended up costing him uh, a little bit, and he kind of lost his momentum from there and never really got it going. You're right about that. He couldn't hit anything. I don't think it means – Rory's Rory, man. I, I wouldn't shock me if Rory comes back and wins the Open or a PGA. Yeah. But obviously, he wants that, Matt. He want, there's only five have won the Grand Slam, yeah, right? Yeah. Career Grand Slam, only five golfers. So it's hard to do, and Rory's going to be chasing that Masters for the next, you know, maybe 10 years. Uh, I will tell you this, a big strikeout by the Mets. That boy Lugo, two outs, outs, baby. How do you strike out in that situation? He chased two terrible pitches. Um, (laughs) The uh, Spieth, did you see Spieth on Amen Corner uh, today? Yes. And he put his arms up, 
Sunday final round. Oh, yeah. He's he's kind of in the mix, and he makes it on the green. And of course, the ghosts. The ghosts never leave you. They never leave. Right? Because that showed me that the ghosts, like he was actually thinking of that to some degree. And we to, know the network was as we played the flashback for the <laughs> eight million times. <laughs> yes, Poor but guy. That, but I wonder if we start to feel that with McElroy at Augusta. Pressure. He might win fifty other places, yeah. but he might not win at Augusta for a while. Listen. The ghosts are real there for him, I think. Arnie didn't win a career Grand Slam. Arnie was missing one from his resume. Yes, he was. Phil hadn't won the career Grand Slam. He's US got six runner-ups at the U.S. Open. So I think as the years go by, it gets harder and harder. And he was in position to do it today, and he didn't get it done. And his game is in prime shape, too, to, to top it off. So, okay, one last question. Yes, sir. What, what do we now for Tiger Woods? What did this week mean for Tiger Woods in the in the in the thirty five thousand foot view of his comeback, he's not as far along as people wanted to think that he was, and probably to think he was going to win the Masters after just coming back was probably a little more than even for Tiger Woods. I still think. Uh, oh, I'm so excited to get out of that inning. I mean, what is the, what are these guys looking at? I still think um, Tiger Woods is going to win a tournament this year. Yeah, and if he could win. One major, and I'm not saying this year, but if he wins one major, can he win another major? Yeah, yeah. once he opens the door. Yeah, can he yeah. get the 16, 17? It's kind of like when you have to go to the bathroom and you take <laughs> a pee, like? and then, and then like, you got to go, like, five more times in the next two hours. That's a good point. You know what I mean? That's it's like weird. that it's and winning majors. <laughs> it's very I mean, much alike. Mark that one down, boys. <laughs> about taking a pee and going a lot and winning majors. They go hand in hand. There's something that's close <laughs> together in that. Uh, here's what, one thing about Tiger for real, what it said to me. I thought going in, I picked Rory to win this. I, as much as I, I love my guy, Tiger. Yeah. I thought he was playing great. He teased us a bit. I thought he would play well, be at least around in contention Saturday, Sunday. Because, I was surprised because he was Because he's always done well there. He's done well there when his back wasn't working. That's right. I mean, you could think, I mean, still, you could think you could put a blindfold on Tiger and he finished in the top ten. At you Augusta. really feel that way. But Especially the way he was hitting. I mean, he was hitting right. it well coming in. The swing speed is back. I mean... But he was off with his irons. His putting was average. He just wasn't very good. Yeah. But what I do say, uh, the reason I didn't pick him, Dan, mm -hmm. is because I think getting when you're in contention, the juices, the nerves, even for Tiger, yeah. will be different when you're really in contention. And it's been a while. Well, what I learned, though, I think is on top of that, I think majors are different, too. Yeah. And when you the way you prepare for a major, three months into a comeback, might be a little too much to ask. So I think... Uh, and you, on top of that, Brent, he's 42. And he's 42. And all these other guys are so good. I mean, what do so we learn good. about, you know, everybody wants to say, you know, Phil, Phil's going to be, you know, Phil looked old this week. He kind of did, yeah. You know, Phil looked old. Yeah. And he's looked great for the first three months of the golf season. Yes, yes. But he looked old this weekend. And you're reminded, wait a minute, he's a year older than when Jack won at 46 and 86. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now he's going to be 48 the next time he plays. Yeah. But I will say this. Henrik Stenson's almost 41, and he was in the top five, you know, or whatever well, it was. So Tom Watson could have won a British Open in his 60s. Yeah, so was these guys will – 60s when he – Yeah, 61 – or 59? He was, he was right there. at 60. Yeah. yeah. But these guys will always be around at some point. Anyway, fantastic master. It was always – It was great. It doesn't it disappoint. It never disappoints. Does it no, really, right? It never disappoints. I mean, Sunday, the back, back nine was just fantastic. There's it was always great a, Somebody's always got a 31 or a 32 on that – or a 30 on that back nine to uh, – yeah. Make you go, wow. They're tremendous. Because of 13 and 15, they're great golf holes. And you've got to birdie them, and the pressure's on. And 
I mean, Jordan shot on 13 off the pine straw. By the way, Cespo, are you going to get a hit this year? Jordan <laughs> shot off the pine straw on 13 where he was talking to the ball, and the ball listened this time and got over and set him up for an eagle, and then he missed the eagle putt. Um, great stuff. Yeah, great it, was, stuff. it was really good theater. Next up, the Players' Championship, by the way, coming soon um, in a few weeks, and uh, TPC Sawgrass will be rocking. We expect last Tiger to day, commit. Friend. Yeah, last one, and we expect Swan Tiger song. to commit, but he hasn't committed yet. Um, we'll, we'll get the best field in golf we usually do for the event, so um, should be a lot of fun. We'll have a lot of Players' Championship and golf talk coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, listen, Florida, Florida State, uh, Georgia, um, some spring games already in the book, but Florida, Florida State's coming up next week on Saturday. Uh, Georgia's coming up the following week. It's uh, quarterback topics, really, in Tallahassee and Gainesville. You know That's the in, main issue, you right? You know what else is intriguing to me uh, at Florida and Florida State? And it really doesn't matter, but it seems to matter to Dan Mullen. Fan attendance. Oh, yeah. It's, are there going to be 60,000 Gator fans who go to this thing? He thinks it matters for recruiting. He has been... I mean, I'll give this guy credit. Now, the Pied Piper of Florida football has gone running with the ROTC kids and the ROTC people. He's gone to the fraternities. Mm -hmm. He has spoke in Jacksonville and Orlando and Tampa on top of the other clubs that he'll come visit. I mean, he has done a – getting mic'd up for practices. Yeah, he's done a tremendous – you see him in the dance marathon. I saw him playing dodgeball. He's playing hoops one time, right? Yeah, he has done a tremendous job. And, and now I'm wondering if Gator Nation will respond to, to a game that's on television. Yeah. I'll be curious to see. I'm going to guess 40,000. Keep in mind, Kirby Smart got 90,000 out for Georgia. And that's a point, and that's what he's trying to say. Hey, we want to be better than those guys. Um, I'll be curious to see. And in Tallahassee, too. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think we've talked about this many a times, but I think it's worth reiterating now that we've gotten to this point is – just how enthusiastic these two guys are for their program. It's great. Kirby Smart for Georgia because he bleeds it. Uh, Mark Richt, Miami, we talked about it. He went there. Um, and now you've got two guys that just absolutely love being in Gainesville and in Tallahassee. And I, to me, that's my biggest takeaway before they name a quarterback and we figure out if they're any good, and I think you can feel it. You know what? The, the Mullen stuff you're talking about, some of the Taggart stuff, bringing back Bowden. You yeah. know, it's those – those kind of things on a bigger scale, and you know what I compare it to locally? It's something like UNF's Matt, Matthew Driscoll did it. He would go out to the fraternities. He'd go yeah. out in the classrooms. He'd get people to come to the games. And look how many during that little stretch run they got all the students out there, right. like 2,000 students. It's almost like there's a grassroots effort in Gainesville and Tallahassee to relate to the fans. Right. You never thought you needed it. And for many years, neither program thought they needed it. Right. But, it, but these guys sense that you do to kind of reacquaint with the fan base and grow that relationship and bring it back together. And I think it's they're spot on about it, by the way. I think they're, they've got a great feel for the temperature of where the programs have been at, where they are right now, and I think they're pushing most of the right buttons. And to follow up on the quarterback thing, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Blackman versus Fran, uh, Francois, and that really won't take place till August because Francois you know, beat up, uh, still recovering, rehabbing the knee. And Franks and Trask with with Emory Jones sort of falling into that backup backup role. But the yeah. thing about Mullen looks like an early enrollee, right? But if the thing about Mullen is if the one kid's not playing well, he'll change the guy. Yeah, you know. But I I would I think Frank still has the inside track. But I don't care what people say or what Frank said after the first scrimmage. If you play that poorly, and you're coming off a bad year, 
you're opening the door for others. And Absolutely. Kyle Trask seemingly is trying to take advantage of it. So we'll see if he's able right. to do it. Handicap it real quick. Uh, before we see them in the spring game, yeah. there's, uh, there's scrimmages, there's reports, there's practices. Mm-hmm. But before we see them in the spring game, which will be the biggest weighted test sure. for all these guys, but who's the quarterback in the fall, Labor Day weekend, Gainesville, Tallahassee? It's a great question because I think I'm going against the trend in both. I think I'm leaning towards Blackman and Trask. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't uh, have faith in Franks. And by the way, that is the momentum right I now. I don't think Franks has the factor, it, the it thing. Yeah. They named him a captain, though. Yeah. He runs out of bounds when he's rolling out before he <laughs> takes a three-yard loss. Forgive and, and forget. Dumping it off. <laughs> I mean, forgive and forget. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, and I, look, it'll probably be Franks, and it could be Francois. But I think it might be the other two, too. Yeah. And I think it's closer than people think. I think it's like 50-50, though. Yeah, I'm still – I'm picking Francois, even though right, I – let me ask you this. If Felipe Franks goes out and stinks up the joint in the spring game, what happens? Because um, then the two biggest performances that people saw and can talk about are going to be bad, coming well, off a terrible year. I think in both situations, the momentum will continue to, to lend itself toward a Trask and, and Blackman. But I will say this. What we always talk about uh, around Labor Day is, do you even remember what happened in the spring game? Oh, that's fair. You know? That's because fair. You, you just don't. Because you have that whole month of August to figure it out as well. So I think, yes, it carries momentum. It carries narrative, all those things. And it does carry a place in the, in the coaches' minds. But remember, they're seeing these guys day in, day out. They talk to them all the time. I still say it's the favorites, Franks and uh, Francois. Uh, we will see what happens. I just think Franks is a better athlete. And you don't talk about unproven. Dan, he might be able to play in front of 50,000. Trask might be able. But can he play in front of 110? Yeah, good point. I mean, this guy hasn't played a lot of football. That ball was inside, by the way. Um, <laughs> That's a the, during the podcast, <laughs> we have gone into the uh, 10th inning, and the Nats are coming up still tight. And, and I want to touch on that. we got to go. Uh, but real quick, baseball, yeah. first couple weeks of the season. Otani's the story. Otani's the story. But Ohtani. hey, your Mets are off to a fantastic start. Good start. Red Sox healthy. are off to a great start. Yeah. Stanton keeps striking out, which I absolutely love. Right. Uh, 20 strikeouts, Dan, and 42 at-bats. Wow. And he shrugs it off as a slow start. I mean, last, I think he's three for his last 28 or something I like welcome that. you to do this. Uh-huh. Watch his at-bats, okay? Uh-huh. He doesn't even look at the baseball. He's looking, like, still at the pitcher when he swings. Wow. I, you, you know just that normal, hey, keep your head down or track the ball yeah. or whatever that you learn when you're, like, six? I'm telling you, I don't think he does it very well. You've been watching him a lot. And rooting against him. I have. become an anti I'm an anti-Yankee now more than ever. I, well, anti-Yankee for a long time. Yes. But Stanton, there's something that rubs me about Stanton in here and also about the whole – and you, I don't – I'm just – I want to see where the cutoff is. Right. How valuable is 210 strikeouts? Is it worth the 45 home runs? Is it worth 30 home runs? I've Should given you, up trying to is, figure out statistics in baseball. Yeah, it's tough. I don't. I don't know. The, I I'm read, telling you, he lo- he's losing games right now for him. I read an article today because he can't situational hit. Right. I read an article today that was we're using terms. He has a something something WPC. What? A, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, we're getting, everybody's trying to put a name on a stat now. I mean, yeah. it's the QB. We we could come up with something. Yeah, we could. I'm gonna come up with Stanton strikeout ratio, whatever <laughs> that is. That's what I'm gonna come up with. All right, hey, that's gonna do it. We'll talk more baseball. Jumbo Shrimp start the uh, home season on Wednesday. Uh, congratulations to the Jacksonville Giants, by the way. Yes. Fifth ABA championship in eight seasons. 
Hey, the most successful franchise to ever exist in this city. And a shout-out to the Icemen, who had a wonderful year, fourth in attendance in their inaugural season. Fourth in the ECHL. There's a lot of teams in the ECHL. That was a lot of fun. We thank them for the sponsorship of the podcast for yeah. a couple of months. And I will get on one of those Zambonis sooner or later. I like it. Simple as that. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Action Sports Jacks Pylon Podcast. Brent and Dan. And find out at a later date if the Mets won on Sunday Night Baseball.